You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. A zero-day hit Savanti VPN customers. CISA highlights an active MS SharePoint server flaw. Cisco patches a critical vulnerability. Atomic Steeler gets updates. Sensitive school emergency planning documents are exposed online. The FCC reports on risky communications equipment. The White House will introduce new cybersecurity requirements for hospitals. Mandiant explains their ex-Twitter hack. Our guest is Palo Alto Network's Unit 42's David Moulton, host of the new Threat Vector podcast. And we are shocked, shocked to learn that an online sex for money scheme is a scam. It's Thursday, January 11, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. Thank you all for joining us. It is great to have you here. We begin today with word that the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency has issued a warning to users of Avanti's IT products, specifically the Connect Secure VPN tool, to patch two actively exploited vulnerabilities. Avanti reported that at least 10 of its customers were affected by these security flaws. The first vulnerability allows a hacker to bypass control checks and access restricted resources, while the second enables attackers to send commands to a device. The vulnerabilities are being exploited together. Cybersecurity firms Veloxity and Mandiant played key roles in identifying the issues. Veloxity's investigation into suspicious network activity led to the discovery of these exploits being used for data theft, file alteration, and more. They attribute the attacks to a potential Chinese nation-state threat actor, UTA-0178. This is not the first instance of Chinese hackers targeting Avanti's products, as similar incidents were reported in April 2021 involving breaches of U.S. government and private sector systems. Avanti is still working on a patch, urging customers to apply available mitigations and monitor their networks for suspicious activity, 
They also noted that their internal integrity checker might not detect all threat actor activities. Indicators of compromise will be shared with affected customers, and patches will be released in a staggered schedule from late January to mid-February. Cybersecurity experts emphasize the widespread use of Avanti's Connect Secure in enterprises and government, highlighting the need for swift action and possible compromise assessments. Over 15,000 instances of the tool have been found exposed online. CISA also warns of active exploitation of a critical vulnerability in Microsoft SharePoint server, identified as CVE 2023-29357, with a CVSS score of 9.8. The flaw, patched in June 2023, is an elevation of privilege issue, allowing unauthenticated attackers to gain administrator privileges by sending a spoofed JSON web token. The vulnerability enables attackers to bypass authentication. In September of 23, a technical write-up and proof-of-concept code were published, showing its use in a remote code execution exploit on SharePoint. Federal agencies now have 21 days to patch affected SharePoint instances. CISA also advises all organizations to promptly apply patches or discontinue vulnerable products if patches are not available. Cisco has addressed a critical vulnerability in its Cisco Unity Connection software, a unified messaging and voicemail solution. This vulnerability allows a remote unauthenticated attacker to upload arbitrary files and gain root privileges on the affected system. The flaw exists in the web-based management interface of Cisco Unity Connection, and stems from a lack of authentication in a specific API and inadequate validation of user-supplied data. Customers are advised to upgrade to the patched versions as no workarounds are available. As of the advisory, there were no reports of public disclosure or malicious exploitation of this vulnerability. Researchers at Malwarebytes have detected an upgraded version of the Atomic Stealer macOS Information Stealer, which they say indicates its developers are actively improving it, adding features like payload encryption to evade detection. Originating in April of 2023 and initially priced at $1,000 per month, Atomic Stealer can now extract a wide range of sensitive data, including passwords and crypto wallets, and its rental fee has risen to $3,000 per month. Distributed via malvertising and fake websites, it often appears as legitimate software updates. The malware also employs obfuscation to hide its command and control server. Security researcher Jeremiah Fowler discovered a massive leak of over 800 gigabytes of files from Raptor Technologies, a software provider for over 5,300 U.S. school districts, Wired reports. These files, found in unsecured web buckets and not resulting from a hack, included highly sensitive school emergency planning documents for scenarios like active shooter situations. The leak exposed evacuation plans, threat reports, medical records, court documents, and personal details of staff, students, and their families. About 75% of the documents pertain to threat assessments and emergency procedures. Although there's no evidence of malicious access, the detailed information could be exploited for harmful purposes, Raptor Technologies was informed in December and quickly secured the data. The company is investigating the incident 
emphasizing the safety of children and community members as their top priority. The FCC is seeing progress in their efforts to remove national security risks from communications networks. The Wireline Competition Bureau reported to Congress that five recipients in the reimbursement program have completed removing, replacing, and disposing of risky communications equipment in their networks. The program, part of the Secure and Trusted Communications Networks Act of 2019, reimburses providers for costs incurred in removing equipment posing national security risks. The Bureau's third report details ongoing efforts and challenges, including supply chain delays and labor shortages. As of December 2023, the Bureau has processed most of the 126 approved applications, dispersing just under $400 million. Further updates are expected in July of this year, following calls from lawmakers to fund the FCC's Rip and Replace program to protect U.S. communications networks. The Biden administration is set to introduce new cybersecurity requirements for hospitals to combat a surge in cyber attacks affecting healthcare providers. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will soon propose rules mandating hospitals to implement basic digital security measures to qualify for federal funding. These measures are expected to take effect by the end of the year and include using multi-factor authentication and timely software vulnerability remediation. The new requirements are part of a broader array of standards that hospitals must meet to receive Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements. The administration believes these fundamental cybersecurity practices will significantly reduce cyber incidents in healthcare. The American Hospital Association is expected to fight any new regulations in court. Mandiant has published a report on the recent brief takeover of their social media account on X-Twitter. Their investigation concludes that the hijack likely resulted from a brute force password attack, specifically targeting their primary X-Twitter account, with no evidence of further malicious activity or compromise of Mandiant or Google Cloud systems. Mandiant highlighted issues with X-Twitter's 2FA configuration changes as a contributing factor. These changes, making 2FA exclusive to premium subscribers, had disabled the text message SMS 2FA method for non-subscribers since February 2023. Mandiant acknowledged some responsibility, but also cited these policy changes at X-Twitter as partially to blame. Coming up after the break, my conversation with David Moulton from Palo Alto Networks about Threat Vector. That's Unit 42's new podcast. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show David Moulton. He is the host of the Threat Vector segment and soon-to-be podcast here on the N2K CyberWire Podcast Network. Uh, David, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Dave. Enjoying being back in the studio with you. So myself and our listeners have been enjoying the Threat Vector segments here on the CyberWire uh, and exciting news that uh, Threat Vector, in addition to continuing as a segment on CyberWire, is going to be its own program here on the CyberWire network. Um, explain to us what was the motivation here for adding this extra expanded content? So since the start, we wanted to be able to bring Threat Vector uh, stories as segments uh, to life on, on the CyberWire daily. In the six months that we've been out, we've heard over and over People want us to go deeper. They want the story to not just be uh, five minutes. They want us to get to that second tier of questions, that, that level of depth. And after proving to ourselves that we could build audio files and send them out into the world on a, on a regular cadence and that people were interested in it, uh, we made the decision that we would go to a full podcast, still staying with our CyberWire daily audience as a segment, and then finding time to go deeper on topics. And as we think about what that gives us and you know, thinking about this as season two, it's an opportunity to explore the pressures on the SOC, the pressures on the analyst uh, that are coming from the outside, and to go deeper into some of the research uh, that our, our threat intel teams are doing. Well, let's dig into this together, maybe provide our audience with a bit of a preview here. I mean, what are some of the areas of discussion that you're looking forward to digging into? Absolutely. So here in what I'm thinking of as season two is those those pressures on the outside. So you could think about those as the technology. Uh, you may have run across an article or two about artificial intelligence. And there's a lot of hype. There's a there's a lot of smoke around that that topic. And We've got some really smart engineers. We've got some researchers, folks that are dealing with AI problems with clients. 
And they tend to have a different perspective than what you're going to see hyped up in the media. I'd love to bring some of those stories to life. Another area is going to be the attacker. Of course, uh, that continues to be a focus of our business, our industry. And here in the, the next month or so, we're going to be releasing some of our deep research reports. And I'd like to bring the people that are behind the report into the studio and put them on mic and talk about the insights, the findings that we found. And then finally, you can think about another pressure that is going on would be from regulators. The SEC, what does it mean when a breach occurs and how do you have to respond? And we're working through those things right now in real time. And I think that Unit 42 has an interesting perspective, has uh, a thoughtful approach to you know things uh, that are that are unfolding in in real time, and we should talk about that. One of the things that, that I'm looking forward to is that you're going to expand your uh, your sourcing, if it as it were, uh, beyond just the team there at Unit 42 itself. I mean, obviously Palo Alto Networks has a a huge amount of uh, expertise uh, underneath that roof. That's right. So. You can think about Unit 42 as a space of expertise uh, going into our, uh, we've, we've actually got a massive research team uh, behind our Cortex product that feeds threat intel in. And then the list of contacts uh, across uh, government agencies, law enforcement, and even into the, you know, the private sector. This gives us an opportunity to talk to some of the friends of the business, some of uh, our customers that are doing really interesting things. And it, it's a space to, you know, bring those real world stories to life here on a podcast. Can you give us some insights as to what makes up the team there at Unit 42 and, and really what you and your colleagues are charged with doing there on a day-to-day -day basis? For sure. So you think about Unit 42's history, it's a threat intel powerhouse. And I like to say that we've got the best in the business, and it's backed by the fact that we're able to take that threat intelligence and turn it into a constant cadence of information that uh, an analyst or, or folks in the security industry can uh, refer to. Um, that's on our threat research center. But it goes beyond that. We're also an instant response powerhouse. We've got former investigators out of the government. We've got folks that have uh, deep experience as, you know, deeper consultants that are part of Unit 42. And if you're having a bad day, that's uh, who you want to have on retainer or, or give us a call. And then before something goes awry, before there's a, a breach, and you want to make sure that you've hardened your systems uh, and that you're protected, uh, you want to be proactive. And Unit 42 provides all kinds of consultative services, tabletopping, purple teaming, red teaming, those sorts of things, uh, so that maybe you don't need to pick up the phone and call. Uh, we find a weakness, a vulnerability, even just an error in your playbook uh, before uh, you need to, to make a call for an incident response or report a breach. And that three legs of the stool make up what Unit 42 is all about. I'm curious, you know, for, for folks who are coming up in the industry and in, and aspire to a position in an organization like Unit 42, can you give us a, an idea of the the breadth of skills that make up that sort of organization? It, there's there's a lot of variety there. I think if you're if you're coming up, and we just talked about this in one of our our recent podcasts, is to 
reach out and look for those in the industry that are willing and able to help to mentor. You know, that was what Garrett was talking about uh, last week. And I, I think if you look at what Unit 42 does, there's work like I do, publishing, taking stories and bringing them to life. There's the core of the business, the researchers that are going to you know, spend time going deep and understanding what a threat actor does, what are their sort of their signatures, and build that threat intel into a, a consumable asset uh, that we can take in and give to our consultants, our customers, turn it into part of uh, what gives our products differentiation. They're going to be the the deeper researchers uh, that are part of the consulting team that uh, goes out and is side by side with a customer when they're going through a breach. And then you think about our proactive side. That's the the dreamers and the visionaries that are sitting down and going, what would it look like for us to go test a problem? I was I was talking with a colleague here about artificial intelligence and companies are coming up with all kinds of LLMs and valuable data and systems uh, to help them accelerate. How do you build something that analyzes that process, that data, and make sure that you've found a way to protect it, that you've not introduced uh, vulnerabilities or bias into it? And that's an engineer, that's an inventor, that's somebody with uh, incredible creativity. And all of them have a home inside of Unit 42. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder. I mean, obviously, both for your organization, but really uh, the broader cybersecurity world as well, that there's such a need for so many different mindsets and ways of thinking and areas of expertise that, you know, people should not self-select themselves out of positions like, you know, take a shot. You, you never know. We need uh, we need everybody. That's right. So I'm a uh, avid eater. And one of the things that I love is when I see different cultural mashups. And there's a place here in Austin that does a nice job of mixing Korean and Mexican food. It is fantastic. And then they went and put it over fries. Uh, really healthy for you stuff, Dave. <laughs> and and I look at security as one of those places where we need the mashup. And uh, here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to uh, Jacqueline Wakata on, on our side and you know, she's at the intersection of security and law. I think that's a really interesting mashup that she's so focused on those two things. But that mashup can be, you know, if you're a great investigator, are you thinking about systems? I've, I've met an investigator that is a former mechanic. He thinks in systems and is tremendous at the work. So it isn't to say that, you know, some of the traditional pathways and, and skills aren't needed. Absolutely are. But that creativity and that broadness uh, on the team uh, such that you don't have groupthink or bias and and gaps in what you're able to understand is key. And security is a great place to go execute that creativity. David Moulton is the host of Fret Vector from Palo Alto Networks Unit 42, which is both a segment here on the CyberWire and now its own standalone podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? 
With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, our friend Graham Cluley brought to our attention a BBC story about a man in Bihar, India, who fell victim to an online scam after encountering a video from the All India Pregnant Job Service on Facebook. The fraudulent scheme promised significant financial rewards for having intimate relations with a woman with the goal of helping her conceive a baby. The victim, lured by the promise of nearly three years' wages, lost 16,000 rupees to the scammers who exploited his financial desperation. The fraud involved fake documents, including a baby birth agreement, and continued demands for money under various pretexts. The deputy superintendent of police of the victim's district reported numerous victims of this elaborate con, with his team arresting eight men and searching for others. Victims hesitated to come forward, likely due to shame. Cases like this highlight how easy it can be to blame the victim, which of course we should not do. Still, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like the Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you.